0: Welcome to the World Beyond the tale, the Page today American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 92. Got to thinking about how fine it would be to walk once more on the moors and the salty cliffs of her native Cornwall, and she thought of sitting on the shingle as a little girl waiting for her father's boat to return from the gray seas. Her hands, blue-knuckled and clumsy, opened the pea pods, forced the full peas into an earthenware bowl, and dropped the empty pea pods onto her aproned lap. And then she found herself remembering, as she had not remembered for a long time, a life well lost. How she had twitched perches and filched silks with her clever fingers, and now she remembers the warden of Newgate telling her that it would be a good twelve weeks before her case would be heard, and that she could escape the gallows if she could plead her belly. And what a pretty thing she was, and how she turned to the wall and bravely lifted her skirts, hating herself and hating him, but knowing he was right, and the feel of the life quickening inside her that meant that she could cheat death for a little longer. "'Essie Tregowan?' said the stranger. The widow Richardson looked up, shading her eyes in the May sunshine. "'Do I know you?' she asked. She had not heard him approach. The man was dressed all in green, dusty green trousers, green jacket, and a dark green coat. His hair was carroty red, and he grinned at her all lopsided. There was something about the man that made her happy to look at him, and something else that whispered of danger. "'You might say that you know me,' he said. He squinted down at her, and she squinted right back up at him, searching his moon face for a clue to his identity. He looked as young as one of her own grandchildren, yet he had called her by her old name, and there was a burr in his voice she knew from her childhood, from the rocks and the moors of her home. "'You're a Cornishman,' she asked. "'That I am, a Cousin Jack,' said the red-haired man. Or rather, that I was, but now I'm here in this new world where nobody puts out ale or milk for an honest fellow or a loaf of bread come harvest time.' The old woman steadied the bowl of peas upon her lap, If you're who I think you are, she said, then I've no quarrel with you. In the house, she could hear Philida grumbling to the housekeeper. Nor I with you, said the red-haired fellow a little sadly, although it... And that's our page. So we get confirmation here for what we may have already expected. Essie did have sex with the warden at Newgate because if she were pregnant, she would be transported instead of sentenced to death. I, I love this page because Essie's humanized very quickly. I think, up to this point, and I expressed doubts just a couple of pages ago, we get a lot of focus on her criminal life and on her storytelling, but at the same time, it's hard to tell it's hard to tell where she's genuine, especially with the marriage to John Richardson. It's certainly more convenient for her to be married to him than be than be an indentured servant in a world she doesn't know, especially after her indentured servitude, She would probably just continue working on the farm. Possibly under similar terms, so it's definitely more advantageous for her to be married. But at the same time, I don't know. I I think that the, the the focus has been on a lot of smaller aspects of her as a character, and that we get we get a pretty good we we get her more fully formed. Uh, t- just talking about how she it's definitely something she didn't want to do but she realized that it's better than dying so getting this look inside her thoughts definitely humanizes her and and form fleshes her out a bit other passages and passages i feel like they're more about her but this is the one where we get a little bit of her own perspective to the story quickening as a term for pregnancy goes back as far as i th- as far as i could find the 14th century though there's a few different definitions for quickening so i'm not 100% sure if it's that same definition. Few medical sites gave me reason to believe that a pregnant woman first time would not be likely to feel a baby beginning to kick and move until perhaps the 18th week, but a woman who's been pregnant before would start to feel these sensations around week 15, and this would fit in with Essie's story given her stillborn child from very early on. A cousin Jack is simply a Cornishman found overseas. Wikipedia points to it being a reference to... Those from Cornwall asking if they had, if there was an available job for their cousin Jack in Cornwall. The book they referenced, though, wasn't available, so I'm not sure if that's exactly true. Merriam Webster places the first use of the term in 1890, though other volumes on Google Books were published a couple of decades earlier and probably are different. I'm, so I'm not sure if this is an anachronism, given that we're in. 1750 maybe 1760 given her age hmm let me look at the book because now I'm now I'm doubting my own memory because it's 1720 when her story begins does it give a reference to how old she is no it doesn't I guess Hmm. No, it doesn't give me a, a reference to her age at that point. So I guess, but I would guess, yeah, 17, 1760 seems about right. That would put her, I put her in her 40s. So maybe 17, it could even be the 1780s, I suppose. Anyhow, it could be a historical anachronism or it could be that it was a term that was more commonly used just among Cornishmen. I didn't actually look up to see when, when Cornish English-specific people started coming to America, although I would think they would be have been here quite some time. The book will suggest on the next page that Essie is one of the first. I guess we can talk about that more tomorrow as it's a short page, and I don't want to take too much time away from there. And just to note that the pisky is described very much how I would personally imagine a leprechaun, and I couldn't find an exact reference to why he would be dressed all in green with the red hair. There's there's some connection to leprechauns and other similar fairy-type creatures from the British Isles, but I couldn't find a direct reference, so I guess it's just going to bother me forever now. You can get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.